Hello and welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today... Today, we are with Uncle G, Grant Cardone, Captain 10X. I feel like I should be saying Grant motherfucking Cardone. This man is an enigma. Oh, my gosh. Now, I've got to say, when I first uh, stumbled upon Grant's brand, uh, I found it a little bit polarizing, a little bit ostentatious, a little bit in your face with the wealth. Uh, but then I started to look a little, bit, a little bit deeper, and I saw under there, I saw a twinkle in his eye. I saw something in his soul. I saw a little bit of something special. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't going to know if that was true until I met the guy. And this week, I met him. Uh, and today, I interviewed him. And I've got to say, I've been in an industry where very few times do I ever get surprised. And this is one of the first times I've been surprised in a really pleasant way, where the gentleman I've met has been actually even better than, uh, than what is actually portrayed in the media itself and in on social. So today, we are with Captain 10X. That's a big, big intro. I've never done one that big before. We're going to talk about things that he has never discussed before. I'm going to assume you know who Grant Carter is. He's worth over $300 million. He's raised over a billion dollars through his property fund. He is known as the 10X guy. 10X is everything in life. Uh, but he's been interviewed probably, I'm going to say, in excess of a thousand times. And this is probably one of the most unique podcasts with Grant Carter you're ever going to hear. Listen up. This episode is brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for businesses. If you have ever wanted to grow your business faster than what you can right now, if you need to make more revenue, if you need more leads, if you need more clients, if you need to know how to plan your business in a strategic way in order to hit big goals, if you need to learn how to scale your business and grow your team and your business so that you have more freedom, then this program is for you. Imagine three days immersed with me where we cover all aspects of business, but we do it from an immersive, but also an execution standpoint. We execute every step of the way and we're looking at five key areas we're looking at your psychology we're looking at your marketing your sales your leadership and we're looking at your planning and how we integrate these five key areas to grow your business and your brand quickly so if you'd like to find out more information kerwinray.com ladies and gentlemen it's my absolute honor and pleasure to welcome uncle g down under into the the podcast welcome to thank you thank you the first time we met you remember when it was that was uh you interrupted my meditation that's right exactly Someone said, he's in there meditating. I said, well, I'm about to be part of his meditation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that'll go down in, uh, in history. We got that on, on well, that, film. Well, that's the real world, right? Yeah, that the is real the real world. world. Is, you know, you, you can sit down and you can, you can find that moment, but things do come in, jump in that, that are unplanned in life. And ho- hopefully that was a good unplanned moment. Well, I think, you know, it's like personal development in general. I think personal development is useless until shit's going wrong. And that's when most people are at their best. They're like, I, I know this stuff. I've read uh-huh. this book, but yeah. show me what you like when the wind's, when the yeah, wind's up. Yeah, yeah, when you're getting hit in the face. Yeah. So, man, it's great to have you here. Great yeah, thank you. you down here. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, as we're just discussing, you know, just before the cameras, actually, I think the cameras haven't stopped rolling. Uh, like when I first was exposed to your brand, I was actually polarized a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and on reflection, I think it was just bringing my stuff up around my stuff, you oh. know, because I think I went through this stage where when I first started making money, you know, and Mikey was, was around in those days where, you know, I started spending money and splashing money. And then I went through this kind of contraction where I, 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 was, I was spending more money than I was making. Uh-huh. And then I went through this contraction of becoming frugal and learning how to take care of the money that I made. And I think when you came along, it kind of just triggered something of that ostentation nature within myself that yeah. I used to judge. But I'm not ostentatious. Just so the <laughs> audience... I'm not. That, that's a judgment that you put on me. Because, well, it's a label. Because I am not a spender. Yeah. Well, this I am is extremely the frugal. Like, like you, you know, it, everything's relative. Yeah. So, so, and you haven't seen the whole journey. But no, but you I, just, you, I kept looking long enough to see past. Okay. 
if, and that's where I'm kind yeah. of getting to. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't, uh, you know, because we see a polarizing figure and we only, we, only, we only react to the things that we see that trigger us rather than looking yeah, a little yeah. bit deeper and going, okay, what's under there? Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I've been really pleasantly surprised is the person that sits under this brand is like, uh, there's a real soul. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a real soul there. I'm a real soul. Wow. Oh, God, I love this. This could go fucking anywhere. I'm a real soul. No, but for me, that's a... Dude, what, I am a soul. I'm, of course there, There's not a soul inside you're not of me. an empty soul. There's not a soul inside of you. No. No? I am, a, I am a soul. You are a soul. I am the, I am the spirit. Yeah, you are the spirit. You are the expression. Right, I'm not, I'm not like, like, I don't have, there's not a something inside of me. I am this. The body is what confuses people. Yeah, okay. See, see, in my mind, I think, you know, it's like, it's the vehicle, the exterior. Is it a four-door, two-door? Yeah. Big, small. And, and then, and we judge that and, and you know, whether, whether I'm projecting something that, that people like or don't like, or like the sofa, you know, we're like, oh man, it's fifties, right? You, you know, I'm judging the sofa, but it still serves the purpose. Yeah. And then, and, but, but inside of me is, you know, the, the, the thing that a lot of people don't know about me is like spiritually is the most important thing to me in my mm. life, M- more than the jet, the, even the marriage or the yeah. kids Yeah, right. is my spiritual condition. And I guess what I'm curious to know is how long have you been consciously on that journey? Probably since I was 25, maybe since I was like six or seven years old, actually. Yeah, right. If you, if you, you know. So I, what happened at six or seven that kind of... I was in church, man. I was in a, I was yeah. in a Catholic church. Okay, so you were born in a Catholic church? Yeah, I was yeah. sitting in the pew. My dad was still alive. My dad would die like four years later. And we're all lined up, the Cardone family, right? We went there, five, five kids, my mom and my dad. And he's an usher in the Catholic church. And it could have been a Protestant church. It could have been a, a you know, it could have been any denomination, whatever. It wouldn't have mattered. That, it had yeah. nothing to do with Catholics, right? But we're sitting there, you know, got Jesus on the cross and the blood coming down. I'm seven, man. It's a lot of data to take in. <laughs> yeah. The incense yeah. are burning and, yeah. and, and taught, they're doing Latin and, you know. Uh, and I remember hearing something about, you know, you, you, you're going to, if you die and go to hell and you're going to burn for what sounds like forever, yeah. eternity was yeah. the word they used. And I was seven years old. I'm like, man, before that, it was God is all loving. Yeah. And all that just became a big, like, Gestalt. huh? Yeah, like just, the massive, like, contradiction of, yeah. So I think, you know, that's kind of my, like kind of what identify, like I identify with data today. Like I hear a piece of information and I'm looking for the, is this congruent with what I believe? Yeah. Or is it incongruent? For me, that was incongruent that, that I would die and go to hell because I had masturbated or something, yeah. you know, which by the time I was seven, I think I'd already <laughs> ventured. <laughs> like I'm burning. Ventured, <laughs> you know. So, so, so um, if not, then it, I became more interested in the whole concept, right? So, so, uh, so, so to me, I've always been a search and I've been searching for the truth. I don't know that I, you know, it took me a lot of different avenues, by yeah. the way. You know, um, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And, but Do I've always been a searcher. Do you think, you know, well, yeah, making I mean, mistakes and, and creating pain in our life is a natural part of the, the spiritual journey? Because you seem like a spiritual guy. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's often tough. I think, I think the pain part's unnecessary. Like, we, you know, that, that, that is not. Is it the pain or the suffering? Well, to me, those are different, but, but the, the, they're, they're know, different. The, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, for me, it's the pain, the pain's unnecessary. The, okay. the, the, what people are doing to themselves. You know, I went on this route of drugs. I did drugs from, from 15 to 25 years old. Right. But even before that, and then after the drugs, I was in grief and 
Is this Fear. from your dad? Is yeah, this from your dad? probably from the loss of my dad. Uh, How, from, so you were like 10 till even 45 years old. So that was like the first, first traumatic event in your life, like losing your dad. Yeah, there, it was a major, major okay, traumatic. Major. I don't know if it was the first one, but... Okay, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know that, that this lifetime confines the, the, the true length of time that we've been around. Yeah. For a spirit. Yes. So, so for a body, of course, right? But, but um, I, I, I didn't know we were going to get this heavy in this interview. But, uh, here we go. So, um, yeah, so I've been searching, dude. Yeah. You know? So even, even in business, I was on Jamie Foxx's uh, live stream last night, and I was like, Jamie, look, I'm just, a, I'm just an artist pretending to be a businessman. You know, because the artist, to me, the artist is almost the closest to a spiritual expression. Yes. The painter, the singer, the dancer, you know. Why, that, why in your mind doesn't business fall into that category? Or is it a category that is now identifying more with art than ever before from a spiritual perspective? I think a great business person or business is going to, to, to express himself artistically. Because I think it's one of the greatest forms of expression as a, as a soul or as a human is the ability yeah. to create. Uh, yeah, you know? exactly. And that's why I think money, and I, I'll be curious for your perspective, to me it's like one of the most spiritual substances in the world. Because it's a procreative force. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no other material substance that we can acquire. There's no amount of co- poverty that we can acquire that will help us change the world, right? Yeah, that's if right. If we want to change the world, we need to acquire capital. We can use that to yeah. make, make things move. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. I, I think people say that Mother Teresa was not a monetary person. She was a person. fucking fundraiser. It's she totally was dude. a fundraiser. Like, like, what, do y'all <laughs> think, what do you think the money came from? Yeah. So what? She didn't have any. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't matter. She didn't. She wasn't trying to buy new clothes. By the way, that wouldn't be part of the fundraising activity. You don't yeah. want to walk in with a, with Versace if you're trying to raise money uh, from the from the world. You, she had to raise money. Everybody needs to raise money, and it, that goes back to what you just said about the poverty. Poverty is not going to fix anybody's solution. Yeah, and and I had a poverty mindset, my mindset my entire life. So Was this that thing as a result of family. Yeah, it was a result of just the upbringing of yeah. the of middle class. Yep, we were in the middle class. Okay, my dad did well. He, he was probably the most successful uh, member of his family. What, what did your dad do? Was he was he? a stockbroker. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. He, he did really well. He went to work every morning, put yeah. his suit on, got his briefcase. Is this where you got some of your talk track from? Like, is, no, did no. you have a little listen to him on the telephone? Or? No, 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 no. Cause he died when I was 10, so I never heard any of okay. that. He was, he was at work every day. Okay. So I never saw him at work. Um, he was very likable. People liked him. He liked talking to people. He was... You know, very extra relationship with dad. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. you loved him. Both, both, both my parents. Yeah, great. But when he died, you, you, the relationship's kind of over. Yeah. You know, you, you, and now you're like, I'd rather have a bad relationship. I'd rather have a bad dad who's alive than yeah, yeah, one who's than, not there than, at all. Than have none at all. So uh, then, then my mom tries to fill in both places, and and um, and she didn't know how to bring money in. Right. Th- this is where all the money stuff, where, where people hear me talk about money a lot, because I understand the reality of money, like. Doesn't mean other people don't. I just don't think people are actually maybe old enough yet to understand what it actually takes to fund a project. Yeah. Like you went through that part where you had a little bit of money and then you started spending it. Dude, look, when I had money, I never spent any of it. Like I tightened that thing down. The more money I got, the tighter I got. Like you give me a million dollars. When I got a million dollars, I became so frugal I could like, because <laughs> I got I scared. To that. What, yeah. what, what wow. I was really, I was scared. I didn't okay. know how to bring money in. I watched that when my dad died. I watched my mom go into terror when she should have been in grief. Mm. And so that's been a real kind of, you use the word trigger. A trigger for me is like, I don't want to be in fear around money all the yeah. time. And, and I was from 10 years old till probably 51 years old. Yeah, right. 
to fear, the fear of money, not understanding it, how to bring it in, how to manage it, how to multiply it. No, knowing I couldn't help my mom when I was 10, 12, 15, 20 years old um, was a really, really a very a, a moment, of, a long period of suffering for me and yeah, caused right. me grief, not grief, the loss of my father, yeah. grief that I couldn't provide so, solve my mother's problem yeah, right. it wasn't really about providing for it. it was about i wanted yeah. to solve this one problem she had which was scared about money she's clipping coupons like so many families do around the world you know maybe it's not coupons but the groupon or the deal or get it. the plumber or the car dealer is going to take advantage of you the roofer is going to come out and rip you off so you got to get three and four bids and People are plagued by this all the time, you know. And Do you think that fear was very practical in the early stages of your development as, as to who you are today? Yeah, no, it's, it was ridiculous, unnecessary, and very costly. But would you be who you were today if it were not for that? No, I would be somebody much greater. Really? Oh, totally. You don't think? Completely, fear, it was pain. Com- it was complete. It was a mistake. Financially, it was a mistake. Right. And it was a mistake spiritually. Okay. There is no reason to grab something that has been made, that, that has been manufactured, and then worry about it. They'll worry about losing it. It wasn't even mine to begin with, and it's not going to be mine in the end. But that, in essence, is almost like the symbol. The, the real, it's the underlying fear is what drove you. That was just the symbol of fear. That was the, I guess, in respect you know, to no, 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 no. It was a mistake. A mistake? Wow. Totally. Because I actually heard you talk about failure and how you, yeah. you hate failure. You know, which is kind of well, 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 anybody that anybody that enjoys failing and losing, yeah, is it delusional? But it, but it's interesting because we live in an age where there that we have this internet and we have social media and everyone's got their own opinion and yeah. you know some of us talk about how failure is a, a critical aspect of the yeah, journey yeah. in order to learn lessons and build the resilience that's required yeah, to succeed. Yeah, yeah. And then you know along comes this perspective, which I find unique yeah, and interesting. Yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank I, you. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I, I think, I think, I think, Kerwin, like, like a lot of people are saying a lot of stuff. Just to connect with people yeah which is not a new thing by the way i'm going to say what you need to hear so we connect instantly that that has never been my 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 genre to my to my to a liability yeah so so it goes back to that church thing i'm like this this can't be true man what's happened what i'm seeing here like it's it's this and 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 i have this big mouth i have this thing like i i want to tell people that's not true and, and, and even if I'm wrong, I, I want to have an, I, I've always had some propensity want to tell the truth Yeah. that I think is the truth at that moment. Yeah. And, and so for me, like holding all that saving that I did, when my buddies weren't saving money, I was saving money. But it was a mistake to a point to, to when you have eight or nine million dollars sitting around and you're like just saving it, dude. And you're out busting your ass just like you had $8. That, that's my work ethic, by the way. Yeah, mine uh, too. You know, I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't have $8 million anymore. I got $8. Let's go hustle. Mike, Michael, Dilly, I, I, and nobody will. Nobody will outrun for $8. Because I know what I'm, now I know why I'm doing it, though. Yep. I, then, then I was just doing it out of fear. Now now I got an actual strategy and a game I'm trying to play. And it something legacy. happened at 51. Like, something yeah, yeah, there was yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a defining moment, a yeah, shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there was this, there was this te- tectonic shift in the economic universe called the 2010 collapse, 2008 to 2010, you know, the economic collapse in America. And it was just the, 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 this rude, uh, barbaric uh, reminder that, hey, bro, look, all this can be taken away. I thought I had enough. I thought I was in a place to play golf three times a week the way he does, you know? 
And I thought I was good. I thought I, I was good. I got, the, I got the money put away. I had no debt. Everything that everybody, that my dad did, and the Dave Ramsey program, and all the conservative, save your money, plan for retirement. What do you call it here? The super fund? Yeah. Uh, plan for it. Make sure the house is paid for. I had all that shit handled. And then that, that economic collapse happened. Bam. Three companies. I thought I was good because I had multiple flows. I had real estate paying me. Got cracked. We didn't, we didn't go down. We didn't lose anything. But I went back into that fear. Mm. That fear of like, oh, my God. All this is going to be taken away. And so once I got over the fear, I'm like, okay, what's really happening here? And, and what I came up with was that I had not accumulated enough, unfortunately. And a lot of your audience will hate this, this yeah. idea uh, because it's going back to that, how much is enough and all that. Yeah. Uh, dude, I just, but if we can flip that just in this moment for a yeah, second, yeah. it's not so much about how much is enough. It's about how much we have that enables us to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, assuming you're yeah. not doing what you're doing just for the sake of having. Yeah, yeah, like there's a there's a something deeper that's kind yeah, of driving. Yeah, why, 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 you know, I don't, I don't like if I just wanted to sit in in a condo in Miami and on the beach yeah. and just get sun every day, and I don't need a jet to do that. Like I can just stay there, right? And like we're doing a lot of traveling right now. Yeah, and I want to be with my kids. So yeah. if you want to be with your kids and have a nanny and drag them around and you know, do the thing, then, then you got to have some equipment to go with it. And mm. all that takes money. Well, th th that's what happened in 2010. I had just been thinking too small the whole time. It goes back to that saving money. I shouldn't have been saving money, dude. I should have been sp using my money to build my brand out. Mm. So that when that collapse happened, when, when, a, when a major contraction happens, there's, there's one winner, one group of winners. Who's the best known and who can, who can deliver at the marketplace at the lowest price? Yeah. That's who wins every time. Who's best known and who can deliver in the greatest quantities at the lowest price? The only people that can do that are the people that are in the best. Come on in, Elena. The people <clears throat> in the best financial shape. Yeah. You know, if you're in great financial shape, I couldn't take advantage of 2010. Yeah, right. The super wealthy. Because you're on the defensive. Dude, I was on defensive yeah. and I didn't know what I was doing. Blackstone? Yeah. yeah. Blackstone sitting there. The collapse happens. They're like, okay, what's going on here? Okay, okay, what can we do now? They're having their drinks Different than America. America's drinking to, to get drunk to forget this happened. Blackstone's in there having drinks, figuring out, okay, how do we take advantage of this? Mm. Okay, they bought 10,000 homes in Miami, in Miami, okay, along the beach. 10,000 condos, put them together, pay cash for them. Like, you want to be in a position for your family. If you want to have a legacy, if you're thinking about more than just, I'm talking to the audience, if you're thinking about more than just paying the bills. Yep. And my dad couldn't do that when my dad died and he would, he, he would have wanted to, if he was sitting here right now, he'd be like, Hey man, you're doing the right thing. Cause I left you guys in a position I shouldn't have, even though he did great. He did. Yeah. He, he, he had accumulated the American dream, but when he died because he wasn't working anymore, cause the income stopped, life insurance kicked in. We had to pay the, the house was paid off. She had some money. He had some money in a, in a cash account. So my mom got all that. But when she looked at it, she's like, uh, this could go away. Yeah. And she went into fear and terror. And, and that, that's really my message to, to people today, that, 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 that it's still a bit polarizing. I haven't figured out how to deliver it yet. Yeah. Is that, look, you don't have enough. And the people that get punished are not just people in poverty. It's all the people in the middle. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be punished. I don't want to be in terror. I don't want to be insecure about it. I don't mind a little drama in my life. Yeah. Okay, that's why I have a wife and two kids. <laughs> I don't want it around money. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had enough suffering. Money doesn't like chaos, does it? I think money, I think, 
I think the people, the people can't handle it. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's when you sell your, your position. Yeah. You know, cause we get, we get scared. I don't know what, what's going on. Fear, fear is about a, a lack of knowledge or I have the wrong data. Yeah. You know, that's when I'm fearful. Okay. So what's the legacy play for you? You know, if I could live for, if I could live, if I could live for hundreds of years. Yeah. If my name could live for hundreds of years, if, if, you know, you, if people were talking about this podcast a hundred years from now, man, did you, you know? Yeah. Like if, if that, that's a legacy. Uh, Walt Disney's a legacy. Like he was nobody special. If you study his story, he, he was not some super genius guy. He's known everywhere. You go to China and say Disney. We were in, um, where did we go? Japan. We go to Disney. My kids want to go to Disney Sea World and uh, Disney Sea or something in Japan. Stood in line for two hours <laughs> to go to a five-minute ride that's shitty and paid too much, <laughs> you know. But hey, it's that moment I had with my kids, yeah. right? So that's a legacy. So in the time we've got, I'm really curious to understand your psychology around failure. I'm really yeah, curious uh, to understand uh, your psychology around don't mistakes. Don't do it. Don't no, fail. no, I'm don't curious. Fail. No, no. Well, I, I, I see. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like fail, fuck as much as you can, make uh, as many mistakes, uh, go into basketball. Oh, oh, no, this. No, no, but no. But this is the you thing. You don't I, want to do that with money, real estate investments, or marriage. Yeah. For, but how many me, times do you want to fail in a marriage? Well, look, one is enough. Yeah. But, but it's you, to me, it's 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 managing those failures in a way to prevent future failures. Because again, I I failed at marriage once. Okay? Yeah, I've, I'm with you. I, 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 I did too. Okay. And so for me right now, I, I'm not looking at that and going, okay, that marriage was a mistake. But did you know going in? Did you know going in? Like if you look back um, now and say, you know, I shouldn't have done that anyway. No, look, I think going in, I was very hopeful. I was yeah. very hopeful. Like I'm, like I'm, I'm the type of guy. I'm, I'm a very difficult. I'm a, I'm a unique personality. Maybe, maybe like you in some respects, where, like when I meet a woman, it's very difficult for me to woman that I can meet a woman that I can want to spend a lot of time with. Uh -huh. And so when I did, I was like, I, I was like all in. Uh -huh. But it didn't work out. But I've got an incredible yeah, yeah. baby boy. Yeah. So I don't look at the marriage as a mistake. I look at the yeah. marriage and go, wow, it brought me this beautiful, yeah. incredible child yeah. that I now have that enables me to heal not only my own wounds. Well, maybe but, it wasn't a failure. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't at all. But it might be perceived as someone who sees oh. things. Yeah. in that way as, as a failure. Yeah. And whether we're talking about a relationship or losing weight or a business, like, I don't know, one of the things that's got me through in so many ways and, and also working with others is helping people understand their failures. Now, failure is just a label. A mistake is just a label. Uh -huh. To me, we live in a, in a dual universe that is completely neutral until we allocate a meaning to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, the term yeah, is a yeah. fundamental, that is driven yeah. by psychology. Then our psychology wants to, you know, either label things as good as, or, or as bad. And oftentimes we label the good things as bad and the bad things as good. Yeah. And so for me, like I've seen an enormous level of therapeutic benefit for people who can look at their mistakes mm -hmm. and look at their failures and ask smart questions rather than look at it and go, fuck, that was a mistake. It should never have happened. I'm going to allocate a level of judgment yeah, to myself yeah. here that's going to create pain that can be unresolved. Yeah. I'm going to look at that situation and go, hmm, okay, although it was a mistake on some level, what, what was the benefit of this? What skills, knowledge, experience? What, yeah, yeah. what I get out of this yeah, is going to make yeah, me better? Yeah, I know, I know. But, but, you know, there's an old saying about, you know, you can learn from your own mistakes. Yeah. But anybody can do that. Yes. A wise man will learn from the mistakes of others. True. Like, can I just pay attention to what other people are doing? Yeah. And, 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 and look at it, you know, and say, wait a minute, is this true or not true? When Warren Buffett says, you know, you should buy ETFs or mutual funds or yeah. you should plan for retirement or start buying stocks when you're young. Is that what he's doing or is that what he's saying? See, because what people say and what they do could be different. Yeah. And I can learn. Like, I study Warren a lot. OK, for, for, for investing. So it's, it's, it's the thing that reinforced the the uh, the my my 
tremendous belief in multifamily apartment buildings as an investment vehicle is because one Warren Buffett said in 2008, man, if I could, if I could put a hundred thousand homes together and buy them and manage them and rent them, I would. I'm like, okay, how could I do that? Okay. It's not his game. That's not what he was doing. He's not going to do it at 80 years old. Yeah. And probably not going to do it because he's worth 89 billion too. So he can't do that. So what does he do? He buys positions in Apple. What is Apple? Okay. He didn't, he didn't buy ETFs. He didn't buy mutual funds. He didn't buy any of the things he tells people to do on TV. He bought a major position in a company. So, so when I read that, I'm like, okay, he only buys cash flow companies. This is the way to avoid mistakes. Yeah. Is to get, to get real knowledge. Study one guy that's super successful deep. Do not read from 25 different people like we're doing on Instagram today. Popping. Yeah. From pay- I, do, I do it too, man. I'll get on Instagram and wait, I'll wait six minutes popping from, see Michael Lane put up some dumb post, you know, which is like <laughs> Poopy on the, on the Bob, uh, uh, you know, Cats Cardi B, but uh, Jordan Belfort's taking my cage challenge now, whatever. <laughs> some dumb, you know, and people just doing dumb stuff. And I'm, and I'm sitting there rather than saying, hey, let me spend that full six minutes studying one guy yeah. that has had a lifetime in one area of, of building wealth. Yeah. Not one interview. Yeah. And, and let's see, what, what is he really doing? Dig down deep enough in that one guy. What is he really doing? I have never lost money in a real estate deal. Yeah. How can that be in 30 years? Through 1995, 2000, 2001, uh, 2008, 2010, didn't lose any of my property. How, how can I not lose anything? Because I did enough homework and I never, ever break the strategy. Yeah. And so... Um, I don't want to fail, man. No, I get it. I, 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 but we do. I want to learn from failures. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course I do. we do. Of course I do. But for me, I one did. of the things that I've I've seen that has really helped people. And again, I'm, I'm talking more at a therapeutic level here yeah, than yeah, help people yeah, perform. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you're 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 you're, you're overrating therapy. Oh no, I, I personally I, I don't think I am. Like I think there's a no, and by, when I say therapy, I mean self. therapy I want success in my life. That but, is the but best form of therapy and mental mental health. But that is therapy. Like any form of any any yeah. form of any form of healing we do on ourselves is a form of therapy. Success is a form of therapy. To me, I th- often think the reason that people like you and I pers- pursue success is because there's underlying wounds there that we feel we can heal through the pursuit yeah, and the that, that, that's not my deal. But you I'm, don't I'm think not. that some people feel that way? Sure. Yeah. Could be. It's not, it's not my deal. But that's all I'm saying. I'm no, not, I get it. I get I'm not it. trying to heal some broken part of me. I'm trying to fulfill the spiritual part of me. Yeah. By, 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 I'm not trying to heal some broken thing in me. I, I am... Because uh, the therapist told me this. Oh, you, dude, you're just trying to fill this hole up. I said, no, dude. What I'm trying to do is fill the hole up. And they're like, huh? I said, I'm trying to fill the hole up. I'm trying to fill my potential. Yeah. So, so that thing that was inside of me, I've done thousands of hours of therapy uh, in, in the wrong direction of saying, oh, you're trying, to, you're trying to accumulate stuff to fill you up. No, I'm actually trying to go get the things I should be getting anyway. That any, any spiritual being. Yeah. Capable of anything. Infinite creation. Infinite creation. Yeah. Solving all problems. Never making a mistake. A spiritual being in a perfect condition would never make a mistake. Would be able to calculate everything. A God, a true God, would be able to calculate everything perfectly. Right? Be able to tell the future, dude. Like, be able to walk into situations and know what's going to happen next. And so, that, I have been trying to get myself in a condition closer to that. Lucy, I was watching Lucy the other night. You like that movie? Uh, Lucy, that's Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. She takes the drug, the drug. Oh yeah, Lucy. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, Scarlet. O- yeah, oh, I love that movie, right? Because she tapped into like a hundred percent of her. Have you ever done DMT? No. Okay. No. No, I'm, I'm a drug-free guy. 
just curiosity. And, and you know, look, look, I did a lot of drugs, yep. so I stay away from everything that puts me at at effect. Yeah, I want to be at cause. Yeah, understood as much as possible. Because um, where I was kind of going with that that talk track before was really people's relationship with failure. Because I've actually seen people's relationship with failure getting there get in the way of their ability to uh-huh. develop. Because oftentimes they will make a mistake, and they're like trying to be these perfect beings. They're they're, they're pursuing yeah, yeah, yeah. the godlike nature. They make a mistake. Yeah. And rather than taking a lesson, they spend all their time beating themselves up because their relationship with failure is a negative one. They go, oh, I failed. I'm bad. I won't look at the lessons. I'll just fucking beat myself up. Yeah. How do you, like, how do you kind of, how do you resolve that in an environment where failure is just a Redefine it. Just redefine it. Redefine it. Like, like for me, I can't fail if I, if I don't quit. Yeah. You know, and I, and I quit all the time. Do you hate admitting when you're wrong? No. No? Okay. No, I, I told my wife that night. I said, you never admit when you're wrong. I, I admit, I admit when I'm wrong. That's what I say all the time. I do, I do. Yeah. I don't mind telling people I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. I was wrong. Okay, okay. let's move on now. Like, like, I'm just moving on anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to remember that wrong. Okay. Now, if I continue to fail, for, for me, for me, fa- failing is a, I incorrectly estimated. It's, it's a miscalculation. I'm just miscalculating. Right. So if, if I go try to open that window over there and, and, and it doesn't open, it's, I miscalculated something because the window will open. If I go try to fix the machine over there, I don't know anything about fixing stuff. So it's a miscalculation of intelligence and force. Yeah. Because if it. I get the perfect combination of intelligence and force, use too, too much of one of them, it's probably going to be a problem. Because I know super intelligent people that don't use any force and they don't end up with it, you know. <laughs> right. All the superheroes use force. There's none of them that use love, <laughs> right? Yeah, they, none true. of them got a heart on their cape. Yeah, they all use force. Every superhero uses some some force and intelligence and their gifts. And d- is there a kryptonite possible? Yeah, you know, stay away from it. So yeah, I know what my kryptonites are. You know, leave drugs alone. They they never benefit in my life. Leave shortcut people alone. People that want to take shortcuts and 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 want to do the quick thing. Okay, don't break the law. Just do, do whatever the law says. Pl- play by the rules and win by the rules. And then, and then go big. Yeah, okay? right. Because cause I, I fail because I get short of the window. Every time I've ever failed, it's because I was thinking too small. In my whole life. You do think big. I don't think big enough. And that's part of your brand. Yeah. 10x everything. 10x. <laughs> 10x everything. Um, I know we've only got a couple minutes it, left. Because it wins for me. It, yeah. It, it's it, it, when I was it's authentic. Michael, it's, I was telling Michael before this, I said, dude, we need to come. He, he wants to come back here and do something. I said, yeah, but we need to do something big, dude. Let's do something that's never been done before. You know, let's quit thinking about the audience that can only pay $99. Mm. Let's, let's go do something massive and change, change the world with this, this space that we're in. Okay. You're so awesome on stage. You're so inspirational. You help so many people. We just need to figure out how to help more of them. Yeah, you're 100%. You know? And that's why I got involved in the social game. Like, our intent in the first place was to take the transformations we take in our rooms and, and share them with the yeah. rest of the world. I think I've got, like, what have I got, Mickey? Like, two minutes you left? You've got as much as you want, dude. Okay. Okay, because you're the man. Thank you, brother. You're Come a good on. man. I like hanging out with you. You made me feel so much better about myself. I'm just kidding. I feel pretty fuel, good. baby. It's fuel. It's all fuel, you know. Addiction. Um, it's yeah. something that yeah. it touched my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, touched my life. Yeah. When I was about 19, I became addicted to amphetamines. Wow. It took so um, long. It took a while. 
It took uh, so long. To get, I, had, I had you beat by four years. Um, I was a late. Well, I'm a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I'm a slow yeah, adopter. Yeah. All my yeah, friends are the early adopters. Huh? When did you clean up? Uh, I was about 21. Okay. Yeah. Right, only two years. Only two years. Oh wow! Just a little drugs. sprint. Yeah, it was just a little sprint, wasn't Shit. it? But um, what I found on reflection of me having this, you know, this experience is a lot of positive things came into my life. Uh, but I'm curious to know from you, like, again, with this whole failure and mistake and yeah, 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 yeah. kind of perspective, yeah. like what role has addiction played in your life? Dude, addiction has been one of the great gifts of my life. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. All right. Great Tell me about gifts. This. One of the great gifts yeah. of my life. All right. Okay. We're talking. All right. It, it was not a failure. It was a mislabeling. Yeah. And you talked about the labeling a couple yeah. of times, right? So, so I, I used drugs from 15 years old. Yeah. Smoked weed. I, I'd use any drugs. Okay. Amphetamines loved them. I, I loved any drug. Any, any drug was good for me. I loved and hated them all. Okay. And so, um, I mean, I would eat amphetamines and downers together. Yeah. And smoke weed hit some cocaine and get drunk all in the same hour. So it didn't matter to me. I, I didn't have a drug of choice. It's who's got the drugs. <laughs> got a drug. And, and yeah. uh, 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 you know, now what was going on right there? Was I an addict? Am I an addict? Am I a drug addict? Powerless. My life is unmanageable. I hate that. I have I, I, a genetic um, malformity and I have been gened by some God that this is in my genetic lineup and dude, that's all bullshit. You know, anybody used as much drugs as I, w I used will, will become addicted to drugs. <laughs> like you're going to keep doing drugs until you quit doing drugs. Yeah. So I quit. Uh, I saw some post the other day on Instagram about stopping sugar. I think I hit you. I said, Hey, you up for this? You, a bunch of my buddies I said, you guys up for this? I should have hit you on it. Dang. You guys up for this? 14 days, no sugar. Okay. I'm 61 years old, dude. I've been 11 days without sugar. Like, I just make a decision, okay? Cigarettes. I can smoke cigarettes for two days and then throw them down and say, I'm not smoking another one. Like, drugs, I was never a drug addict. But I used drugs for 10 years. Went to a treatment center, needed the treatment center to get off of it. But I was not, I did not have a disease, okay? Now, I, I, you know, this, this, people hate this message. No, I'm not. You do. No. You're, you're no. good. You're good? No, I'm fantastic. So, but, but people out there, man, I, you know, I went to meetings for years, dude. I'm like, I cannot be these people. Okay, my life is not, my life is unmanageable. Yeah. But, but drugs was just a symptom of another problem. Yeah. And, 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 or a gift that I was just misdirecting. What was the main gift? That Dude, obsession, man. Yeah. The, the ability to be obsessed. Resourcefulness. The, the ability to be like, hey, I'm going to get drugs, man. <laughs> I'm going to get them. Just getting drugs is, is work. At the beginning of my sales career. Where's the drug dealer in this town, right? I mean, how to prospect, how, yeah. how, to, how to go, like, how, how do you, you know, how do you get creative? Well, the reason I laugh is because I remember when I was addicted to drugs, I'd yeah, yeah. rock up to one of my mates' place and I'd say, ah, oh, no one's got any gear. I was like, have you rung everybody? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you driven around? What about? And like literally within three hours, I'd, boom, you scored. I scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's an incredible asset to take into the business space to just go, wow, no one's buying. Fuck, have you rung everyone? Have you spoken to everyone on that beach? You yeah, know, have you the, rung the, every the number? Ability, the ability to like lock into something. Yeah. And, and so when I left the treatment center, the guy, uh, the guy, Paul, I think it was his name, Paul. 
who nobody knows today, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to just want to reinforce that idea. Nobody knows Paul. Okay, so Paul says, "Dude, you're never going to make it. Your ideas, because you know you spill your whole guts there, right? Yeah. So he's like, the idea that you're going to be an author one day, you're going to write books. He scoffed at all this, and the idea that one day you'll be a re- real estate tycoon, you know." And that you'll be happily married with kids. He's like, if you just make one day and not using, I said, dude, there's no way I'm leaving here and settling for one day and not using drugs. I'm never coming back here. I'm never using drugs again. And I'm going to do all that other shit that you said is going to bring me back here. And so I don't know Paul today. I don't know where he's at. He's probably in Minneapolis giving somebody bad information. (laughs) And, you know, I went out and said, hey, I'm just going to flip this drug addiction and I'm going to take all that and I'm going to become a good salesman. And I hated sales. I'm going to become a salesman. I'm going to learn how to do what salespeople, you know, professional salespeople around the world do and duplicate that. And, and then, I'm, I'm a, then I got addicted to building a business. Then I got addicted, if you will, to real estate. Now I'm addicted to being a good dad and making time for my kids. And, I love that. You know, maybe one day I'll learn how to be a good speaker. <laughs> You're a you know? great speaker. Uh, yeah, you know, Come on, knows, man. So relationships, when did Eleanor come on the scene? Like, I know you guys have this power couple dynamic going on. Yeah, I don't know when she came on the scene. I'm not too (laughs) happy with her today, but no, no. She came on the scene 16 years ago. Okay. And uh, Had you been quite careful about getting into relationships up until this point? No, I was having lots of relationships. Okay. But in terms of the relationships you committed to. I was responsible for those stains on that sofa over there. (laughs) That was you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, No, no, I was... uh, Was it a big deal to commit to Eleanor? I've always wanted a relationship. I'm a relationship guy, you know. I like family. I like that whole thing. Um, but I made decisions when I was a kid to be a player, too. So, yeah. so I got this conflict. So I'm going to be the player. I'm going to be James Bond. The one and the many. Yeah. yeah, when, yeah. When, when you're with the one, and you then, want the many. When you're with the yeah, many, yeah. you and want then the I, one. And I was empty all the time. Because yeah. that wasn't my potential. That wasn't yeah. the hole in me, by the way. It was my potential saying, dude, you don't want to be with a different woman twice a day. Seemed cool in the beginning, you know. But I was empty. Yeah. And, and, and I was empty or, or my potential is like, hey, man, you, you're not that you, you, your, your dynamic should be a, really, a, a marriage and, and kids. And and then once you have that, you want to help more people. Right. So that, that I just keep doing this. I keep going rippling out, expanding to find out what, what can I do? You know? Yeah. So Elaine has been great for me. OK. Was it a conscious decision to commit? She'll tell you she's responsible for 99% of everything that's happening. <laughs> As for a good woman, shall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's interesting because even Napoleon Hill talks about it in Think and Grow Rich, which is, you know, a text that was written in the early 19th century where he studied the 500 wealthiest people, you know, in the world at that time. And he identified that people, of those 500 people that he interviewed, they all had incredibly high sex drives. Uh-huh. But what they had learned how to do was to harness their sexual energy into things other than just the act and the simulation, the stimulation of the fantasy. Uh-huh. And so what he discovered was these people, these 500 wealthiest men in the early 19th century, they all had very high sex drives, but they just weren't you know, thinking about the next girl they're going to pop. They're actually you know, allowing that energy to propagate and they're focusing on the things that they want to create. Mm. I'm just, and again, what's interesting is um, tantric masters have been talking about this stuff for fucking uh-huh. centuries, uh-huh. right? About how sexual energy is the, you know, and a, one of the most powerful for, creative forces on the planet. So two questions. Number one. Yeah, yeah. Lady's going to love this. Do you have a high sex drive? And number two. 10X, baby. <laughs> 10X, baby. Oh. 10X, 10X. What do you think 10X is for anyway? <laughs> Where do you think they came from? Come on. Um, but more importantly. I know the ladies out there are like, I wonder if he's really 10X. I know what I'm doing. A, <laughs> I'm doing a stage, you know. I'm like, I know. Is I can feel really? the women out there saying, I wonder who's more 10X, Cardone or Kerwin? <laughs> 
no. that's only one way to find out, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm afraid Cardone is taken. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I think, you know, I, I don't know if I agree with some of this spiritual, uh, the, the sexual energy. I think, I think a lot of it's wasted energy. And I, I think a lot of it is, is a reminder to people about pain and suffering and yeah. being effect again. Yeah. And um, I mean, the purpose of sex for me is to, to, to create kids. And and to 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 t- togetherness with with the with the the person you've chosen to be. I guess with. I'm going to go one step beyond just sex because yeah. it's the dynamic. But I'm not a sex therapist. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, it's, I have sex. It's it's more about okay. the dynamic that a relationship yeah, yeah, has yeah, that creates yeah, that charge. Yeah, yeah. My, my sexual energy, though, I don't think is responsible for for my successful creation. Has the relationship added a dimension to your ability to want to create, to make decisions? Has it, mm-hmm. like, when you and Ella... The kids, the kids would probably have more to do with that than, yeah. than the relationship itself. I okay. think the kids, when, when we had the kids, it was like, wham, giant expression of creation. I want to create more. Yeah. Uh, the second kid, boom, even more. Like, like the, the amount of content that I've created... Even before Elena, but 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 after Elena and with the kids has been, because I think the kids are definitely an expression of sex, right? Absolutely, that's the most powerful. I, mean, I think they're mine. I think they're mine. Oh, Leah was living next door to us at the time. We we, we, we had those babies when we were in L.A. <laughs> right. Leah lived in front of me, and Dr. Dre lived in front. Is that right? Literally, Leo. Right. I'd look at Leo in, in the morning, and I'd see Dre when the sun went down. And my kids don't look like Dre, but they do look a little like Leo. So, and I'd see Elena in the kitchen in the morning looking out there saying, hi, you know, trying to get his attention. You know. That's gold. I said, look, the Titanic lives here. Yeah, right. The Titanic lives here. I'll sink your ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything new on the horizon for you? Just trying to figure out, you know, we want to take, I, want to, I want to create a real estate business that's worth 10 or 20 billion bucks. That's You're definitely big, on the big, road to be doing that by the looks. Say again? I said it, it looks like you are more than yeah. truly on the road. No, that could so happen, that, man. It yeah. could, be, could, be the, could be my legacy. My, 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 yeah, plus my a betting, man. And, and, and it could really challenge some of these big banks. So that'd be a fun game for me because I like that. I like taking on yeah. big players. And um, that, that would give me a sense of like, you know what? Now, now you're playing the right level. Okay. My whole life has been just 50 years of playing at the wrong level. Yeah, right. I've been in the minor leagues the whole time. I think most people out there are too. I think you're all playing in the wrong. Most people are playing in the wrong league. Who do you league. compare yourself to? Who do I compare myself to? Yeah. Interesting. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, I mean, you know, obviously some of the speakers out there, some of those guys, but I'm different than them. So I'm yeah. not trying to be them. Um, I don't know, dude. I'm kind of a unique like I try to be, my, you know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be myself. I'm, I'm being yourself. 99% of the time I'm being myself. Yeah. And that 1% where you're not being yourself, who are you being? <laughs> who am I being? I'm probably being less than myself. <laughs> less than your potential. Yeah. More, more than, more than 1% of the time I'm being less than. I'm still thinking too small. Even the 20 billion, dude. Why not yeah. 50 billion? Yeah. You know? So I was born into Catholicism like you, uh-huh. and we migrated from Catholicism to... Were you Mah- an altar boy? Did you do the altar No, boy? thankfully no. I got out of that. But okay. um, we migrated to Mahakari, which is kind of like a cult. Um, oh. And then we went to born-again Christianity, and then we went to Buddhism. This is all by the age of 13. Yeah, yeah I love Buddhism. Um, and I'm not, I, you know, I often joke and say I'm not religious anymore. I'm just fucking confused. But I am really grateful for the spiritual experience. I'm grateful for uh, the religious experience because it exposed me to certain values, exposed me to certain yeah, philosophy yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and some education. 
I'm curious to know with you, like um, you started in the Catholic Church. Has religion yeah, yeah. played Dude, I, any role in your spirituality well, apart from that? First of all, I, like I love all churches. Yeah. Like I, I go in the Mormon church in, in Salt Lake City. I, they're the nicest people. Like Dude, Mormons, they're awesome people. They are the unbelievable they, work. They train ethic. them to be such incredible human okay. beings. Okay, uh, people that are willing to extrovert themselves. Like they're so unselfish. Yeah. So they go spend two years on missions. I think people should. They knock on doors yeah. talking about their religion, right? Now, a lot of people think that that's culty, and you know, I think it's a good experience to have that kind of work ethic to be able to knock on a stranger's door in another country. It's like, what a, what a gift. Uh, I, I'm gonna go, we're going to go to Israel. I can't wait to go to the churches there. Wow. I go to Italy. I, can't, I love the churches. There. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going I'm to do a speaking event here uh, in Sydney Sunday for the Church of Scientology. Like, I'll go into any church. Jehovah Witnesses, I love churches. And, and I think where people gather... Even if, you know, you don't agree with everything there, like where people gather for the the, 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 betterment. Pro, the betterment of themselves yeah. with the intention is I want to be better. Um, you know, I think where it goes wrong is where my religion's right and yours is wrong. And, and that that's where everybody gets a, a little like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. So... Um, I've Especially always the point of obsession where there's conflict and then you've got global war and it's, yeah, it's, it's unproductive. You know, religions that are involved in wars, like, yeah, that's getting a little like, why? Why? Yeah. Let's not kill people. So, um, so do you yeah, identify anyway. as a, do you still identify with religion or are you more identified with spirituality? Oh, I'm definitely spiritual, a spiritual yeah. person, but I think that, that, that religion's important to culture though. Yeah. To our culture. People need to believe in something. Yes. 10X is a religion, man. Yeah. Come on. It's not approved by the government as a religion. <laughs> Okay, it's still tax deductible though. <laughs> so, so I mean, I mean, your your you contributions to ten X is tax deductible. The income I get is not um, the Church of Ten X. I can see that. The, the, but but ten X is like like people talk about what is a cult? A cult is a culture. Yeah, at scale. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like culture. You know, culture at cult. scale, developing, growing, yeah. becoming. Yeah. 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 We do these conferences, yeah. success resources. You look around the room. There's a bunch. Three, if you look at the root people. of any strong culture, whether it be an Apple or IBM or, or, yeah. or Google, they're, they're, they've created a cult-like status yeah, within a yeah, group of people yeah. that has, you know, emanated yeah. and beyond yeah. and created that ripple. Yeah. It's been an absolute enlightening conversation with you, Grant. And I wanted to... Come on, man. You're like, he's like the Charlie Rose of Australia <laughs> interviews. Huh? I wanted to do something different. Like, you know, I don't want to do the same old stuff that everybody talks yeah. about. I was really interested yeah. more in your story. But I am curious, before we, we, we cut, though, is there, any, is, there any, is there any part of your life... Because... And I know it's sad. We said this right at the beginning. You know, people identify with pain. People identify with yeah, suffering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, but they do. But I'm curious to know from you, like if there was one part of your life, one point in your life where you felt like that it was hopeless, that, you know, things weren't going to turn around. And I'm curious to know. Yeah, dude, there's been, there's been many of those. Many. Yeah. Like if people look for that, hey, what, what was the turnaround? There's been hundreds of them. I'm not looking for what was the turnaround because to me, uh, turnarounds don't typically happen like that. Yeah. It's like a, an yeah, evolution yeah, yeah, of yeah, thoughts. Yeah. But what I'm curious to know from you is how consciously aware you are of the language that you use inside your head. So when you're up against the wall, yeah. like what is the statement that you use? What is the thing that you Get tell you? Get off this wall, dog. <laughs> Get off this wall. Use force and intelligence. Force and intelligence. Force and intelligence. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. You, you, you need to, there's a way out. There's a way out. Don't quit. You don't quit, you won't fail, as long as you stay in the deal. You keep trying, you keep calling, you keep standing up no matter what, no matter how many times you get hit, no matter, you pay people back. We were talking about this other guy mm -hmm. earlier. I'm like, dude, you didn't pay people back. It's always gonna be bad for you, bro. You pay people back. You do what you say you're gonna do, no your matter what. Your word is your bond, huh? Your word is your bond. Your word, you, better, you better make good on it. Don't yeah. make good on it, people will always know. You're gonna get stuck. You're gonna get stuck in a smaller place because you didn't clean up your past. And, 
And, and that's what's always helped me. Like I clean up, I, I had a bunch of shit to clean up after when I was 25, cleaned it all up. I cleaned up stuff that nobody knew I had done. I went and cleaned it up. Hey man, I owe you this. Okay. I did this to you. I owe you that. Cleaned it all up. And for 35 years, people don't like me. They don't, they don't like me because I fucked them. Nobody says, I don't like Grant Cardone because he screwed me. They say, I don't like Grant Cardone because he's got a big mouth. He's, he's a braggart. He flies private in his own jet, shows it off, whatever. They don't like the, the, they don't like whatever, right? They're, they're, they don't like the color of the couch, but it's not me. You know, that's them. Not, I didn't do anything to them. Yeah. And so I cleaned up my end. Now I got to get all right with being me and then trying to please me. Yeah, right. Cause, cause the, the one guy that I need to be happy with every night is me. You know, I want to put my head down and say, man, Kerwin, Kerwin likes you. That's good. But, you know, is that going to be enough? I like me. Mm. We went to that damn Madam Butterfly over at the Opera House. I'm looking at the Opera House right now. Maybe you can get the beast shot of that. But we went to that son of a bitch, okay? I walk in there. I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> okay? Fifteen minutes into it, this is a terrible idea. I can tell you already, yeah. Okay, Elena, how long is it? Okay. <laughs> she tells me we get to – it was 400 bucks, right? So this is the beauty of money. I said, we're leaving. She's like, are we leaving it? Oh, say, you damn right we leave. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I wouldn't leave because yeah. I paid 400. Yeah. So I would stay in that chair. Yeah. I would stay in that chair because I paid 400. And I can't tell you how many things I stayed in just because I paid for it. I'm like, mm. I got to stay in. I got to suffer because I paid for it. I'm like, oh, we're leaving this thing. Okay. And, and I was in bed at 830 having sex with my wife, <laughs> trying to make another baby at 60. Are you, so, are you so, trying to make another baby? So, like, so I'm like, hey, I try that on Madam Butterfly. <laughs> That's your own Madam Butterfly. Yeah, That's yeah, your, own, yeah, uh, yeah. your own musical. But, but you know how many things I've done in my life where I paid for something and I didn't want to be there, and, and, then, and then I'm like, I got to stick it out anyway. Yeah. Dude, just pay. You made a mistake. Yeah. Take the, take the lesson. But, but was it a mistake, or did, did I get to go there for one hour and enjoy the 45 minutes of it rather than punishing myself? Yeah. I have to say, this has been, like, I, I, I kind of feel like that I got to see you before I got to see you, but uh -huh. now this is, com this is confirmation for me. Yeah, I'm, um, a, good, I'm a decent human being. You're a very good human being. And when I say you're a yeah. soul, you're, yeah. he's, he's a good soul. Like, he's a good soul. He has a soul. We all have a soul. But yeah, I can I tell. I am the soul, dude. You are. Just consider we, that. We are the soul. I am. Yeah. A spiritual Who's Whose God is bigger? Huh? I am a spiritual. Whose God is bigger? <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> I'm a spiritual being, you know. Do you believe we are all gods playing a human I kinda, game? I kind of I kind of think that there's so much we don't understand. There's yeah. 60 trillion cells in everybody. Yeah. 60 trillion, you know. And we identify ourselves by some name that our parents gave us. You know, like, it's called kind of ridiculous. Watch Lucy, dude. Lucy's yeah. <laughs> Lucy's a trip, dude. She's like, you know, think think like you know, watch the super, the, the hero, the action hero. I think that's why we like action heroes. I think that's why we like seeing the, the shot on Sundays, the shot by the ball player or the catch or the, 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 the unbelievable player or the opera, the, the lady that hits that note. And we're like, oh my God, genius, intelligent, phenomenal. Cause it reminds us of our own potential. Mm. That's why I'm moved so much by all those things. And, and you know, wh whatever it was, the arts or the sports or, watching you speak, you know, I'm moved. That's why I like to go to these events, man, because I, I get moved by the possibility. Mm. You know, people that write books and they do the right cover. Uh, there's a book that uh, on real estate, I never read the book. I, 
still have the book. It's in some drawer somewhere. All I did was see the cover. Fucking cover. It's going to probably make me a billionaire. <laughs> Inspired, you know. Grant, thank you so on, much man. for your time. Thank you. My life has been better for it. Thank you. Come on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. Would love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, KerwinRay.com. And also check us out on social media at Kerwin Ray. This episode was brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for business.